in this spirit of worship, you may go ahead and be seated. I am pleased to introduce today Minister Kennedy. He is coming and going to deliver the word of the Lord. And I appreciate what he is doing today and what he is going to say. He has, as you heard me mention in the first half, given us uh, a new name for our men's ministry. And I believe that God's going to use him today mightily in the Holy Ghost to preach the word. Come on, brother. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we just worship the Lord and pray right now that God would speak through his voice to our voice? We thank you, Lord, for what you're going to say today, Jesus. And we give you the praise and the glory for it. And we honor you for it, Lord, because we know that you're going to do a mighty work in this place today. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Are you ready for the word today? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Are you ready, my brother? All right. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for everything that you're doing, everything that you've done, and everything that you're going to do. And we just ask that a fresh anointing fall on your people. Lord, touch them that they may be edified, that they may be equipped, that they may be encouraged in Jesus' name. That you may get all the glory, that you may get all the honor, that you may get all the praise. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 First, giving all thanks to Jesus Christ, our Lord and God, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead body. <laughs> to Bishop Powell, a man at the God's own heart, thanks for the opportunity to share. Yes, to Pastor Lucas and our entire anointed pa pastoral staff, and to my TCOO family, it's a blessing to be here to exalt the name of Jesus amen. together. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen. If you're standing, you may be seated. I just want to thank a couple of people quickly. I'd like to say thank you first to Pastor Trevor for his powerful, spirit-filled key exhortation rendered on Friday night. Amen. I thank you for all that you do, and you're truly an inspiration for this church in the kingdom of God. Thank you, Pastor Lucas, for that mighty word that you gave on Friday night. Flesh and blood did not reveal it to you, but it came from the Father. I appreciate you and your family. I'm in love with uh, Kirk Patrick. I'm in love with TCOO. I'd like to say thank you to Pastor Jeremy and Pastor Danny, Sons of Thunder. They provided a one-two punch. On Saturday morning, they edify and equip us all so we can be true men of war. And if you miss either day, you miss a treat. Amen, amen, amen. Lastly, thank you, Bishop, once again. There's so much you can say about our bishop. He's a true man of God, a leader of men. I remember Sister Powell saying that her husband is an investor of men. And that's true. And it don't take long to recognize it. Amen, amen. And lastly, I say this about Bishop, like Pharaoh said about Joseph. 
in Genesis 41, verse 38, he said, can we find such a one as this, a man in whom is the spirit of God? Bishop, I love you, and I thank Jesus that you're my pastor. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you, Jesus. It's truly an honor and a humbling experience to stand before you on this day, and I do not take it for granted. And, um, you know, out of all these pastors that we have on staff and bishop, I consider myself to be least of the apostle. I consider myself to be the minor prophet amongst so many major prophets. And I thank God for you guys lending me uh, a drag alone and, and, and hang out and, 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 and your anointing is uh, appreciated to me. I, I love you all. Now let's prepare our, our hearts, our soul, and our mind for the word of God. Amen? Amen, amen, amen. I, I would like to invite you to stand for the reading of the word. My text can be found in Genesis 1, verse 27. Genesis 1, verse 27. I'm reading from the KJV, and it reads, So, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Amen, 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 amen. You may be seated if you're standing. For a moment of your time, I'd like to speak using the topic, a father like Jesus. A father like Jesus. It would serve mankind best to realize why we are created. This verse teaches us that we were created in the image of God. So as fathers, as men, our image should reflect our heavenly father. Even as a single man, as a believer, you should carry kindred-like spirit of our everlasting father because even though you're not a father yourself you will come in contact with other people's children and and no matter who you are we all should care for all children regardless of their race and social background amen, amen. father plays an important role in the lives of the family we have the opportunity to set an example of what it means to live a righteous life, of what it means to seek after Jesus, to stand for Jesus, and strive with Jesus forever to announce to the world that we're not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. That is to say, I'm not ashamed to live like Jesus. I'm not ashamed to walk like Jesus. I'm not ashamed to talk like Jesus. Realizing that Jesus himself is our everlasting father. See Isaiah 9 verse 6. And, and likewise, we also must have an everlasting mentality to be a father like Jesus. To be a man like Jesus. It would take a man of war, a warrior of Jesus Christ to occupy the position of a father in a way that is pleasing to the Lord. Jesus told Peter in Matthew 16, 18, on this rock I will build my church 
Now we know that Jesus is that rock. And I heard a preacher say, rock stand for reflection of Christ's kingdom. R-O-C-K. And a father like Jesus will reflect Christ's kingdom, reflecting his love, reflecting his grace, reflecting his mercy, reflecting Jesus. Hallelujah. Matthew 5, 16 says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven, meaning we should be reflectors, reflecting his ways, reflecting his will, reflecting his word in Jesus' name. If you desire to be a father like Jesus, the first thing you must reflect is being a committed father, a committed father. Moses told the people that God would never leave you nor forsake you. See Deuteronomy 31, 6 and 8. Joshua told the people that God would never leave you nor forsake you. See Joshua 1, verse 5. King David assured to his son Solomon that God would never leave you nor forsake you. See 1 Chronicle 20, 28, verse 20. The author of Hebrew quoted that God would never leave you nor forsake you. See Hebrew 13 verse 5. Jesus said himself that I am with you even always even to the end of the age. See Matthew 28 verse 20. That is to say that Jesus would never leave you nor forsake you. So if our everlasting Father would never leave us nor forsake us, we should have that same mentality for our own children. The Bible speaks about a father in Mark 9, verse 17. He had a son with a mute spirit, and this mute spirit was aiming to kill the child, throwing him down, had him foaming at the mouth and gnashing his teeth. Jesus said, bring the child to me. Jesus wants us to bring our children to him. See Matthew 19, verse 14. Scripture teaches us that this had been happening since from, from childhood. The father asked Jesus for help. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believe. The father said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. This father wouldn't allow his unbelief to stop him from being committed and getting his child to Jesus. This father wouldn't allow his skepticism to hinder him from being committed and taking his child to Jesus. This father wouldn't allow a lack of faith to halt him from being committed to carrying his child to Jesus. Father, on today, don't allow anything to cease your movement, to stop your progress of being committed or bringing your children's needs before the Lord. Amen. Secondly, a father like Jesus reflects a caring father reflects a caring father. In 1 Peter 5, verse 7, it says, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. As godly father, we must teach our family and remind them constantly that Jesus cares for them, that we care for them. One of the devil's main strategy to destroy our children today is by deceiving them that nobody cares about them. And if he ever convinced them that no one cares about them, they would start having suicidal thoughts. But hear me when I say, children, the devil is a liar. 
We care for you. Jesus care for you. You may ask the question, how can you know that your father care? First, a caring father is physically present. First Corinthians 11 verse 1 says, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. Meaning, he's not just at home with the remote in his hand. But actively involved with his children, leading by example, showing them what it means to be a faithful servant of the Lord. And if you're not able to be there physically, go above and beyond, calling them as much as possible, FaceTiming them as much as possible to let them know that daddy cares. Secondly, a caring father is emotionally involved. Jesus is also called a counselor. See Isaiah 9 verse 6. He's wonderful. A wonderful counselor. Likewise, we should always be ready to counsel our family. This means that you are in tune with your child's emotional needs. Thirdly, a caring father are spiritually involved. Proverbs 22 verse 6 teaches that we are to train up our child in the way that they should go. We accomplish this by having Bible studies at home. This also means we will pray daily for and with our children. Remember that Christ's disciples asked them to teach them how to pray. See Luke 11 verse 1. And we must do the same. Next, a caring father will pursue their child when they stray away. Matthew 18 verse 12 teaches about a father who left the 99 sheep to seek after that one sheep. Verse 13 go on to teach us that the father will rejoice more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Lastly, a caring father will reach out to the fatherless. Psalm 68 verse 5 says that God is a father of the fatherless, a defender of widows. James 1 verse 27 says, Pure and undefiled religion for before God and the Father is this to visit orphans and widows is stand the reason God, the ultimate great father, if he cares so deeply about the fatherless, we should do the same in Jesus' name. Thirdly, a father like Jesus will reflect a crying father, will reflect a crying father. C-R-Y. Yeah, that's right, man. I say crying. Amen, amen. amen. Meaning, he's not so macho of a man that he can't express himself emotionally for the ones he loved. John 11 verse 35 said, Jesus wept. And Jesus desired that members of his family will openly show that they care for one another. By this, all would know that you are my disciple if you have love for one another. I'm not saying that you must be like Jeremiah the weeping prophet, but show some emotion towards your family. You may ask the question, why am I crying? I'm crying because it's my prayer that my child will be holy for because the Lord our God is holy and it seems like holiness is far from his mind. I'm crying because it's my hope that my child will seek Jesus first, his kingdom 
and his righteousness, but it seems like he's seeking after the world. I'm crying because it's my desires that my child will acknowledge the truth that there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is above all, and through all, and in you all. And when I don't see the truth being manifested in my child life, it breaks my heart. It brings tears to my eyes, so much so that it makes me cry out to the Lord. So I'm crying that my child will repent from his sin. I'm crying that he will be baptized in Jesus' name. I'm crying that he will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues. There have been studies done on crying. And most research shows that crying is healthy for us all. Human produce three types of tears. First, a basal tear. These are protein-rich antibacterial liquid that help keep the eyes moist. These tears usually occur every time a person blinks. Secondly, reflex tears. These are tears triggered by irritants such as wind, smoke, or onion. They are released to flush out these irritants and protect the eye. Lastly, emotional tears. Humans shed tears in response to a range of emotion. These tears contain a higher level of stress hormones than other types of tears. When people talk about crying, they're usually referring to emotional tears. People, especially men, may try to suppress these tears because they think that it is a sign of weakness. But science suggests that doing so could mean missing out on a range of benefits. Researchers have found out as a, uh, that crying have a soothing effect. Self-soothing is when people regulate their own emotion, calm themselves, and reduce their own distress. A 2014 study trusted source found out that crying may have a direct self-soothing effect on people. The study explained how crying activate a nervous system which help people relax. Maybe. That's what's wrong with men's today, Bishop. We need a good cry. That could be the problem, Pastor Lucas. Men being too ashamed to cry. Maybe we wouldn't stress out from the pressure of being a man, being a father. If we can cry a holy cry, maybe we wouldn't be so uptight. If we can cry a godly cry, maybe we wouldn't be so easily irritated. If we can cry a Christ-like cry, regulate your own emotion, calm your own self down, and reduce your own distress by crying like Jesus cried. Jesus. Next, a father like Jesus reflects a man willing to pay the cost of being a father, willing to pay the cost of being a father. Luke 14 verse 28 talks about counting the cost of discipleship. And there's no greater cost a man can count than counting up the cost of being a father like Jesus. King David insisted paying the cost for the threshing floor in oxen to build the Lord an altar. See 2 Samuel 24, 24. 
Genesis 23 verse 9 teaches that Abraham was willing to pay the full price, the full cost for Sarah's burial place. And we must realize that Jesus paid the ultimate full price for you and I, for the church of God, with his own blood. See, Acts 20, 28. Father have a profound effect on us. It's been shown to affect everything from IQ level to, uh, uh, to income level. And from graduation rates to incarceration rates. It's why daddy issues and father wounds are recognizable terms. And why so many people go through life trying to earn their father approval. Like Jesus paid the cost for his bride. Let's do the same for our family. Hallelujah. Amen. Lastly, a father like Jesus reflects a man who is willing to take up the cross of a father who is willing to take up the cross of a father. Mark 8, 34 teaches, whoever want to be Jesus' disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow Jesus. The father cross is twofold. First, it means we lose our life as we know of it because of Christ's sake in the gospel. See Mark 8, verse 35. Secondly, it means we lose our life as we know of it because of our family. See, 1 Timothy 5, verse 8. It teaches if we do not take care of our family, we're worse than an unbeliever. Meaning, our family needs come before our own. Never put the cross of a father down. I don't care how heavy that cross may get. We cannot afford to put it down. When it comes to being a father, let's be able to say like Paul said concerning his walk with Jesus. Let's be able to say, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith, meaning I've been faithful to fatherhood even when I'm not honored in my own home. See, Matthew Matthew 13, 57. When that happened, keep carrying that father cross, even if my son fights against me. See, Luke 12, verse 53. When that happened, keep carrying that father cross, even if I experience that my enemy is those of my own household. See, Matthew 10, 36. When that happened, keep carrying that father cross, even if it seemed like that my family has disrespected me. You know, men don't like to be disrespected by choosing not to follow me. See, John 6, verse 66. When that happened, keep carrying that father cross. I know it hurts more when family do you wrong than when an enemy do you wrong. See, Psalm 55, verse 12. But as godly fathers, under no circumstance should we put our cross down Notice I say when it happened, not if it happened, but when it happened. Keep carrying that father cross. Jesus kept carrying his cross. Can you imagine with me for a moment, Jesus carrying his cross. I imagine 
while they were laughing at Jesus, he kept carrying his cross. While they were mocking him, he kept carrying his cross. They spit on him, he kept carrying his cross. They stripped him, he kept carrying his cross. They made a crown of thorn and put it on his head and a reed in his right hand, but he kept carrying his cross. Somebody shouted out from the crowd, hey Jesus, if you're God, save yourself. But he kept carrying his cross. Finally, his flesh got so weak that he needed help carrying his cross. The Bible speaks of a man by the name of Simon of Cyrene who was there to help Jesus carry his cross the rest of the way. See Matthew 27, 32. I said that to say this, men of God, men of war, don't worry about how heavy your cross may get because Jesus is there to help you carry your cross the rest of the way. Don't worry about the burning of, of providing for your family because Jesus is there to help you carry your cross the rest of the way. Don't worry about stressing or sending your children to the finest colleges that money can buy because Jesus is there to help you carry your cross the rest of the way. Don't worry about the pressure of giving your wife all the finer things in life because Jesus is there to help you carry your cross the rest of the way. All your worries, all your burdens, and all your stress Turn it over to Jesus because Jesus is there to help you carry your cross the rest of the way. Hallelujah! Trust in Jesus with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways. Acknowledge Jesus, he shall direct your path because he is here. He is here and he will help you carry your cross the rest of the of the way. The rest of the way. Be encouraged on today, fathers, as you pursue to be a committed father, as you press towards the mark to be a caring father, as you imitate Jesus to be emotionally involved, as you vow to pay the cost, and as you declare to take up the cross of a father. Be encouraged. Jesus is here to help you carry your cross the rest of the way. Amen. I'm preparing to close. Musician, you can come now. Maybe your father had passed on. And if that's the case, my heart goes out to you. Maybe your father is not involved in your life. It's not with you. I can relate. Sorry to hear that. Remember earlier, the Holy Spirit revealed a caring father. We'll reach out to the fatherless. Allow Jesus to pour the love of a father on you by using our pastor and pastors, by using this church, by using our men or war ministry. And if the truth be told, whether your father is in your life or not, the best father anyone can ever have is Jesus. Yes. If you haven't accepted Jesus in your life, that means that your father is. That don't have to be the case today. Receive the everlasting father on today. Receive Jesus 
because he's here to help you carry your cross the rest of the way. I'm releasing this service in the hands of Pastor Lucas. Be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus, Lord. We worship you, O oh God. We praise you, God. Men of the Church of Omaha, Brother Kennedy has spoken to us today. He's given us a word, a father like Jesus. A father like Jesus. He's talked to us about being committed. He's talked to us about caring. He's talked to us about shedding those tears. When I look around this world today in our nation and I look at our city, 2020 had some of the highest drug use ever in this country. Children's worlds were rocked upside down. My own children, you take Finn, he's uh, almost a third of his life, maybe a sixth of his life has been spent wearing a mask in public. You look and you think this maybe 2020 was a little more than a blimp for you, but their worlds have been changed. There, there's things being taught in the schools that, are, that, that you didn't have to go through and yet is being pressed upon them, and you're not even there to hear all of it. They're introduced to, to families in which children have two mothers or two fathers. So much of our nation comes from blended families and and. and when you look at where we are at, the world that we live in today is not the world that Adam and Eve started out with by far, right? That's kind of an obvious statement. But we do not need fathers that ditch their families and go and appease themselves. We don't need fathers that, that, are, that are going out and spending all their time on their job and, and not taking care of their children, we need some fathers that are going to look at this corrupt world and say, God, I need you to help my children. God, I need you to help them. Oh, as Brother Kennedy said, as Minister Kennedy said, he said, God is with you to carry your cost. I know there's a cost to being a father, but each and every one of you are able to pay that price. God has put that within you and he has taken up that cross with you. And so if we could all stand to our feet this morning. When I've looked around this nation and I've seen all the heartache and, and all the brokenness, I have looked to see is there men that would stand up and say enough is enough. Amen. Enough is enough. Before you all get all settled out here, men, we're going to crowd this place up a little bit. We're going to crowd this place up a little bit, but men, from the back to the front, would you begin to make your way up here to the front? Would you begin to make your way? And children, could you follow in beside your dads? And if you are not a father, I want you to make your way up and stand with these men because you're a leader in this world. So children, could you make your way in? And wives, could you then make your way in, in there beside your husband and beside your children? We may need to filter in between some of these seats here right up in the front, but Today is a day of commitment, of dedication. Some of you didn't maybe see the commitment out of your fathers the way, the way that you need to be towards your children. Some of you didn't necessarily feel the caringness of your father 
the way you're going to give to your children. Some of you didn't necessarily see what it was like to weep for your children the way, from your father, the way you're going to weep for your children. Some of you felt rejected, but you're not going to reject your children. You know, Christ looked down from heaven, and he said, you know what? I see a world that needs salvation and deliverance, and I am willing to do whatever it takes. I'm going to give up the luxuries that I have here, and I'm going to be what you need so that you fathers could be what you need for your children. So I'm asking you right now, wrap your arms around your family, and I want you to begin to first pray, God, help me to be the father like you are. Lord Jesus, I'm just human, and I'm just flesh. Oh God, I don't know how to do this. Oh God, but you have empowered me to be what you need me to be and to be what these children need me to be. God, help me to be the father that I need to be. Oh God, I commit my family to you. Go ahead, man, I want you to pray. But I want you to understand this is your home. And you're not going to let any devil in hell and anything from this world come in and destroy your family. Go ahead. You have authority here. Don't stand by the side and let an enemy come in through the TV and through the teachings of this world and steal them. In the name of Jesus, God, you've placed me here and you've trusted me. And I take authority over my family right now. Pray that. I want you to say those words. In the name of Jesus, I now take authority over my family. The past is the past. Oh, I stand with you right now, oh God. You are the forgiver of my sins. In the name of Jesus, empower these men. Oh God, as they take up that shield of faith. And they make a proclamation. I am going to go ahead and stand for my family. Oh, as you have prayed this weekend, begin to pray over your children and your wives. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. I come against every, everything from the pit of hell. And I take authority over all dominions and all powers. Oh, that would try to take me from my children. I come against the addictions. Oh, I come against the laziness. I come against the doubt. And I release you, oh God, into my children. Let your word go forth. Let your anointing. That's it, man. And begin to pray harder in the name of Jesus. Now, men, I want you to take one hand and put it on your own forehead. Hallelujah. I pray the anointing of Jesus Christ on these families. Oh, go ahead. I want you to begin to pray Christ's anointing on you. Pray it on your mind. Wives, pray for your husbands. Children, pray for your dads. Oh, in the name of Jesus, every bit of fear and every bit of doubt, we command it to leave. Oh, Heavenly Father, do this, Lord Jesus. And we pray your strength, your helmet of salvation, your covering. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Go ahead, give a hand clap to the Lord. Give a hand clap to the Lord. Oh, we started out this conference with shooting an arrow out the window. It was a declaration of war.